Welcome to our podcast, A Real World Discovery of Guest Experience in the Hospitality and Lodging Industry, uncovering a mixture of technologies and human-driven initiatives that are raising guest expectations and forever changing the guest experience across the hospitality and lodging sector. If you are interested or involved in the travel industry and are passionate about creating unique guest experiences, join us as we talk to experts in the industry to learn about the future trends and how you can set yourself apart from the competition in 2021 and beyond. Welcome to this week's episode of the Guest X Podcast. We are thrilled to have you here with my co-host, Brian Hamawi. My name is Matthew Loney, and we are talking about guest experience. And this is the podcast, if this is your first time joining us, where we focus exclusively on the guest experience within leisure lodging and where the market is going and where we need to continue to improve. And, you know, Brian, as we do every show, we like to talk a little after some reflection about last week's guest, Jonathan Lancaster from Natural Retreats, one of the larger now national property manager brands who's not franchised. They're growing through acquisition, had a very public acquisition of 360 Blue that about doubled their size. I think that got done early 2020, so kind of gone through their first season with that. Very interesting when you compare it to some of the other larger property managers that we've we've had the opportunity to talk to. The one that kind of jumps out at me is Condo World and Alex, where hmm. you know, natural retreats has not only as they've grown, I think they've doubled down on guest experience outside of the home. Condo World has doubled down on guest experience, but really just very much has stayed within their uh, ecosystem. You know, how you book, what it feels like to book, you know, the, the, the people you talk to when you're looking to book, when you're checking in inside the condo, but it has not tried to get into the things to do in the area and the activities and everything. So two very successful, very different business models. It's absolutely fascinating because they're both, like you said, very successful models. I think what Natural Retreats has done is exactly what he said, full guest journey experiences. It's not about just the lodging for him and, and for the company. It's about the entire journey. It's from the time that they're searching for something to do through the booking process to the time that they arrive at the unit to how the teams interact. You touched on this, uh, uh, you know, about your expedition to their offices, how they have a centralized team in the middle, which is their booking agents, but they're using those booking agents to actually build experiences. And that core team is helping those guests that arrive at the units also build their experience outside of the unit. I think, you know, for me, it comes back to what you love, what you love to do, and then a little bit about your background. So he came from a background in activity, in the activity space, and they built this company based on activities, and then they found lodging, then they paired it up, and then they started to execute on it because they saw that more people outside of just them loved this concept, and that created growth for them growth in units, growth in markets. And because they understood the love of the company, of, of what they were trying to execute, they executed. And, and I think for a lot of property managers, I think that's where you need to go to is, why are you building a property management company? Why are you inviting people to come to your home? If you understand that mission, then you understand where your company needs to go. That's your goal. And that should be your identity. Guest experience is about you and what you're putting forward to your guests. I'm so glad you said it because a lot of people are starting, you know, probably saying, God, two really smart people, Alex and Jonathan, come at it from totally different views. But here was the key. And I wrote this down when John, last week when, John, when Jonathan was talking. Genuine. They were both genuine people. Alex is a marketer. If you've ever met her, she wants to talk about marketing. That's like, she just brand it. She just lives it. 
And then we talked to Jonathan. Jonathan was an outfitter. He wants yeah. to talk about the experience of getting out and going fly fishing and things. So I think the key to your point, Brian, is be who you are. And that's mm-hmm. what attracts the success, which is you're just being genuine because there's room, as they've shown, both those brands are living very, very well in the same environment today where guests are looking for vacation rentals, but that the guests can see through the BS and they want you to be genuine and just own it. And he said that like, yeah. And and that's why they execute, right? Alex, Alex doesn't really have an interest in building outdoor guest experiences, but there's a reason behind that. That's not her passion. Yep. Like Alex wants to build and the company was built on the fact that they want guests to have an awesome experience in-house. Yep. He's building an experience because he loves fly fishing. He loves the outdoors. What he's done is he's taken that experience, brought it into lodging and said, okay, let's standardize what this whole entire package looks like. And overall, we need to deliver great guest experience. And that's the mission of our company. That's it. That's all it boils down to. And that's why guest experience is so difficult. We cannot, and and it's such a big topic because of this, we cannot just put guest experience in one box because guest experience to each individual company means something completely different. Yeah. And then they're going to attract consumers who feel the same way about the experience that they do. And that's okay because... Then you're, you're, by the way, you mentioned reviews. You're going to have better reviews because those are the people you should have had staying in your properties to begin with. I think, you know, whatever episode this is ended up being, we're probably somewhere in the 30s, but this is probably for me, you know, mile marker number one in kind of figuring out how to deliver a great guest experience. I think this is the first real top you know, the, the solution i guess or answer that i've come to now in talking to 30 plus experts in here is the ones who really tie themselves closely to the things they're passionate about that passion comes through in the guest experience and success follows they, yeah they're they're not chasing something that, that they're not passionate about i think that's true for any successful company or any successful person personally you, you know, even take a relationship. If you're passionate about that person and that person's, you know, passionate about you, that's a successful relationship. Right. It works across the board. Uh, to guest experience and marital advice all coming to you here on the <laughs> Guest X podcast. Uh, okay. Well, I tell you what, why don't you uh, give our guests a little bit of background on who we're going to have today? Today, we are joined by Chris. I'm really excited to talk to you. Thank you for coming onto this podcast. I think you're the very first one that's going to be chatting to us a little bit about branding, especially when it comes to websites and then the marketing side, email, SEO, social media, and paid search. So thanks again. Yeah, guys. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited to be on your show. And I think we're going to have some good conversations here. I think so too. So before we get started and, and start diving into you know, what you guys do over there at Real Tech, give us a little bit of background on what you think guest experience is and where it fits in currently in the industry and how you guys are tackling it as a company. So, you know, guest experience is it's vital. You know, it's a vital part of you know the things that we focus on with websites. It's a vital part of you know the customer journey. When a customer you know, gets to a website, we want to make sure that it aligns, it aligns and connects with the type of experience that the customer themselves are looking to have when they go out and travel. You know, guest experience can be, can be different for each individual. It can be different for somebody that is traveling with a partner, a romantic partner. It could be different for somebody that is traveling with a family. So, you know, one thing that we definitely try to look at with the guest experience, and especially for websites, is, you know, who is the customer? You know, who are we marketing to with this website? Who is going to be staying with our client? And we want to make sure that we hit all the touch points on a website to make sure that the experience there and the experience that the property management company provides, you know, really speaks volumes through what is visual on the website. And we want to make that website be a tool for sales to help increase those direct bookings and uh, get more heads and beds for the folks. It's interesting because I think for a lot of our partners now, Chris, the the website is really where most of them would say that the guest experience now starts. I think from you know five years ago, 
they may have said when they check in or when after they've booked. But I, I do think now, I think most people generally agree that at the time, maybe maybe even before that, when they're in that inspirational period. But this goes to one of my first questions. I mean, the websites that Realtech is building, and for our listeners who are out there, you know, Realtech is, is in kind of a unique position in the vacation rental industry, at least in that it's kind of a, I call it a PMS agnostic website developer. It's not tied. They don't have a PMS system that you you run for their websites. So mm -hmm. you guys are strictly focused on this, but it is, I'd love to hear, I mean, to me, it is different building a website for a property manager, even though the end goal may be to get people to book than say the way maybe Expedia or Airbnb or Verbo looks at like an OTA website where mm -hmm. the ultimate goal is the same. But I think people are coming to these property manager sites, maybe at a different part in the guest journey than they are maybe with the OTAs. I mean, talk a little about that and what role you feel like, or you guys feel like that the website plays compared to maybe the role that like an OTA plays where it's as few clicks as possible to get to the book button. Well, you know, I think the, the experience is much different. You know, when you reach in an OTA site uh, like Expedia, for example, I mean, you're really, you know, you're starting at the beginning. Um, you're having to do a search for a specific area, pull in all these different properties from all these different providers. And, you know, there's there's a lot of a difference with the fact of, of going to a specific property manager's website for a specific market where the sales funnel is clearly defined. We know that people are looking uh, when they enter a property management website. We know that uh, most likely they are looking already to stay in that area. And, you know, we really think that the experience that a user can get from a, prop a custom property management website is much more improved than that with an OTA. And, you know, our goal is, as a independent custom web developer is really to, is to move the needle of sales and traffic as well for a property manager's website. And we are able to do, what I think the, the real powerful thing about a website is, is that when you do the right content marketing, get the right content on there, you do the right SEO optimizations and things like that, that what we find is that in markets, we are able to beat, especially in Google search and search engines as well, we are able to beat out those large providers again and again through content marketing. The thing about a website is that the experience on it is so defined by location and what is going on there that you know it just is able to to convert better it is able to get folks through the sales funnel a lot faster and it has a lot less of bloat so for instance when i talk about content bloat you know ota sites are very large there's a lot of content on there and they're spread out into multiple destinations sometimes multiple countries and we really find that with our websites that we produce for our property managers, that we are able to really focus those websites through content and as well having an improved and a, and a quality structured website that in organic search, we are able to over and over again, produce well and beat out the OTAs. And the thing about an OTA is it's not gonna give you that, that custom experience like we can with a website. You know, the, with uh, custom websites, we're really able to break down amenities, we're able to break down locations, you know, we have a lot more filter options and things like that. So we're able to, what I would say is, is provide a, a easier experience out of the gate than from a large OTA website. That all makes a lot of sense. And it is very, very interesting. I think one of the, the things that people tackle, though, is where the heck do they get started with, with their website and their brand? Because it's such a big topic and it's a very complicated topic. So can you talk to us a little bit about the process of identifying what a website should look like and some of the content that should live in there to get started? Let's not talk about, you know, a lot of the bigger property managers, 100, 200 units have identified what that's supposed to look like. But when you guys do an initial call with a customer that is maybe thinking about doing a custom site, maybe 30, 40 units, what does that process start to look like and how do you identify what kind of functionality initially people should be started with? Well, you know, for, for us, the, the 30 to 50 property inventory or property management company with that inventory size is kind of our bread and butter. 
you know, a lot of those folks have started their businesses really focused on growing that inventory to those 20 or 30. And, you know, at the end of the day, have, have somewhat forgotten about the importance of their website, getting bookings, because they've been so busy building that inventory. So when we get on a, we start working with a client that has about 30 to 50 properties in that range, it really excites me because typically their, you know, their website that they have currently, you know, is, is performing very poorly, has, has really bad functionality, and a lot of times is very slow. You know, and the other thing that we look at as well is efficiency of the site. How easy is it to get from point A entry into the site to, you know, point B, which is going to be the booking? And what we, we really try to focus on is making sure that that process is as simple as possible. And with those, you know, those property managers that have 30 to 50, you know, we're looking at, at sites that, like I said, are outdated. So, you know, the first place we really start with is, you know, let's improve your design. You know, a lot of folks are, when they see a website, you know, that design and that first instance and appearance tells a lot about the brand and that company. So, you know, improving the design of your website is vitally important, especially a website that's five to 10 years old. You know, today we see also a lot of drone videos and things like that that are capturing that are, are capturing the experience of the area in a video and as well being able to put that on a website so that through video, we are able to uh, get that experience out to new customers to the website. Um, so design is vitally important and then functionality. Uh, we really focus on being able to have some of the, the newest functionality, some of the top functionality in the industry. And, you know, for, for one thing that, uh, that we really are focused on and really proud of is, you know, taking steps out of that booking process, simplifying the booking process at the end of the day. So, you know, things that, that we really focus on and, and highlight on our websites is, is number one, you can get from that, that entry to booking in three steps, three clicks. Very simple from a search onto a property detail page and then being able to click book now and get right to the checkout. The other things that I think are, are very important is the checkout page itself. You know, that's a, a little bit at the bottom of the sales funnel, but you know, a lot of folks out there are putting multi-step checkouts. What Realtek offers and what we do is a one-page checkout, which is very simple to go through. It's simple to fill out the information and book now without having to add additional steps. You know, one thing that is vitally important in the user experiences and, and that we see in our data is that the more steps you add in that booking funnel or that sales funnel, the more uh, likely you are going to have people either abandon the funnel, stop shopping, or abandon the checkout as well. So having that one-page checkout is vitally important. And the other thing is the speed of the site. You know, the speed is vitally important to be able to have pages load quickly. You know, we are in an industry that visuals are, are, are so important to, to the customer. You know, being able to look at the properties, being able to see what's on the interiors, what's on the grounds, those sorts of things. So, you know, having fast loading images, especially on or optimized images, especially on mobile devices and things like that, where folks still have, you know, 3G connections, you know, that is an, an important part of the experience as well. So I would say, you know, speed, efficiency, and then one thing that in a recent study from Google that they had, uh, had found out is that the most important thing to a website user is being able to find with ease what they're looking for. You know, I was really surprised to, to hear that. I thought it was going to really be, you know, the speed of the site, you know, the, the look of the site. But no, what tops it all is being able to actually use the site easily, be able to find what you're looking for and have that site be efficient because most people are only spending about three to five minutes on a vacation rental website on average. So that's really not a whole lot of time to capture, uh, to capture folks and have them stay on the site. So it must be as efficient as possible in order to increase the bookings with the limited amount of time that people actually do spend on those sites. Really interesting. I think you've got some, some awesome points here. You know, a couple things that come to mind when I start thinking about websites, especially is the differentiators between a website and some of the larger TAs. One of the things that has baffled me over the course of the last, I don't know, 12 to 18 months is the mm -hmm. fact that we haven't the big OTAs haven't been able to move towards video that well. Video content has been really, really difficult as a shift. And mm -hmm. one of the things that I think you're focusing on, especially with the newer sites, is the ability for us to be able to move in that direction and really build 
some good content through sites. Are you guys seeing the content production of video on sites be something that property managers are taking on board, or is it something that really is into the future? Right now, you know, video and drone video and things like that, I mean, they are, you know, they're a hot topic these days. Most folks, you know, when we're doing demos for sites and, you know, looking at some of our customers with some prospects, you know, they see a drone video, they see a video in the header image, and they absolutely love it. You know, folks that don't have it, they're seeing it everywhere. So they're saying, hey, you know, that's something that is, is basically an industry trend right now. And that's something that we need to go out and, and get for our site. So I would say a lot of our clients are really focused on if they don't have that right now, then that's something that, that they do want to get. Now, the one thing, you know, on a marketing perspective and for, for SEO as well is, you know, videos are, are large. They can take time to load and things like that. So we make sure that, you know, the, the videos that we're putting on are a certain length, they're a certain size, and you don't want to overdo it with videos because, you know, you can slow down load speeds, especially on mobile those things can can slow down a little bit. And, and to be honest, sometimes a video is not the best option for, for the mobile experience, just because you still have a large swath of the, you know, the public that is still on 3G networks and things like that. So you want to make sure that anybody, no matter what their network speed, is able to, you know, to get to the site, to browse the site without that being slowed down or a connection just taking too long. So Video is important, but it, you got to do it right for the customer experience and as well as the speed and the load times on the site. Interesting. You know, one of the questions I've got going back, Chris, to, you know, you said the average time on site, you know, three to five minutes. And I, it, at first that kind of shocked me. And then I thought to myself, well, you know, it probably shouldn't because a lot of these are, you know, a lot of people are tire kickers and these are not small purchases. You know, we're not buying a Correct. $20 you know, item on Amazon. So it's, they, they, you know, they're usually, uh, I would say a lot of them probably it's a shared decision by two or more people and maybe in a household. So how do you, the data collection kind of of not only where are they looking, but then being able to retarget these, these potential guests, these potential buyers as they leave the site how how do you guys currently do that in, in some of these features you're building into the website? And how important is that when you guys look at the overall success of conversion? How many people who eventually book are at one point or another somewhere in their journey coming back in through a retargeting campaign? And how many of them are truly getting there more organically? That's a good question. You know, there are you know, there are, are many ways to obviously reach a user. You know, the, the folks, there, there are a lot of users that do come into a site and they will purchase on that first or second visit. But there's also a lot of folks that do take anywhere from, you know, I would say anywhere from five to 10 visits to a website. Hmm. You know, the other thing that we're seeing as well, and we'll, we'll kind of get to the retargeting thing in a second, but, you know, I think something that's important to understand as well is like mobile conversions. You know, there's a lot of talk as well about mobile devices, you know, the next big thing as far as sales, you know, e-commerce, that sort of thing. And one thing that, that we're definitely seeing is there is a lot of traffic that comes from mobile. I would say 70 to 80% of traffic these days uh, to our websites definitely comes from mobile. But I would say that 70% of bookings actually still come from, from desktop. So, you know, when you... When you talk about retargeting, you know, it's understanding that conversion window as well. You know, if I have somebody that came in on the on the phone, you know, am I making sure that next time they come out uh, or come through the desktop that they're providing an equal experience, if not a better experience? And then, you know, really being able to to retarget retarget users is is very important. You know, there's definitely retargeting at the bottom of the sales funnel through things like, you know, card abandonment if somebody leaves the checkout. And then obviously, you know, puts in some of their information, their email field. You know, we want to make sure that we are able to get those folks back and finishing out the reservation. So that is to me of getting is a really powerful tool to be able to get somebody that's been on a site, maybe left, maybe even down at the checkout to get them to come back into the site, to get them reengaged with the site through, you know, a few email series from that booking recovery service. And, you know, that's a great way to do it. I would say, you know, if you're looking to really push your brand on folks and, and retarget them and get them back to your site, 
you know, social media is a really powerful way to do that because it definitely allows us to, you know, hone in on those that have been to the site and also, you know, retarget ads to them to be able to get them back. You know, that's, I would say, you know, for, for brand growth and retargeting, you know, social media, Facebook, probably one of the best areas and channels to be able to retarget folks and get them back in and booking if they have not booked on any of those previous sessions. Really interesting. You know, Brian, I, I'd love to, it's kind of a data geek's dream, right? But <laughs> if you could figure out, because I'll bet that there's also times of the day when people are more likely to be viewing on desktop, right? So if I could mm -hmm. find the time, you know, if I could figure out when the people who have visited are then more likely to be on their desktops, because I know desktops are more likely to get the booking, you kind of want to find those times of the day and be be smart about the retargeting efforts to try to hit them during during the times when they're going to be on desktop because obviously increases your ability and i don't think that's new i think i do think I, i'd be surprised if it's not slipping but i do think these larger purchases i mean i remember a couple of years ago there was an article on delta delta airlines was saying the same thing i think theirs has shifted now where more people are comfortable making it on mobile but you're still talking mm -hmm. about a purchase that's often a fraction of the cost of some of these vacation rentals. So I don't know, that, that's really fascinating. You know, I think the, the reason that so many purchases do happen on a desktop is because, you know, people are, are, are doing their shopping, they're searching, you know, maybe it's somebody on, you know, on a subway or on their commute. And, you know, they're starting to dream about that vacation, about that destination. And, you know, they're just doing some, some browsing, right? And you know, they find out, hey, I, I would like to go to, to this location. You know, here's a great website that I found. They offer vacation rentals uh, in this market. Let me take this home to, you know, my significant other. Let me take this home to my family. Let me pull this house up on my desktop so we can all gather around it, take a look at it and uh, discuss it and make a decision. And I really think that, you know, especially for, you know, multifamily trips, you know, trips where, friends are going with their kids and things like that. It takes a lot of coordination and it takes a lot of discussion. And I think that it's easiest for, for folks to just be able to pull that up on the desktop, have everybody look at it together, discuss it and make those decisions. And I really think that's why you start to see, you know, a little bit more of a push for desktop bookings versus mobile. The other thing as well, you know, when you open up on a desktop, you know, typically your internet's faster. You're going to be able to look at the uh, virtual tours, the videos, you know, have nice full width, giant images of the properties and things like that. So I think that, you know, overall, when you look at where the purchases are coming from on the desktop, you know, at the end of the day, you, you probably have a better visual experience as well and a, a more of a shareable experience on that desktop than, than a mobile device. Hmm. So I think that's one reason why we're start, we definitely continue to see desktop produce very well when it comes to bookings. But yes, mobile is starting to pick up on that. And I would say the one trend we've seen over the last few years is just more and more people definitely becoming comfortable booking on a mobile phone. Yeah, yeah it's very I, interesting. I mean, is that is that something that it, I think it's coming? A lot of the technology is making people comfortable because they're using so many tools like social media and being able to share and share videos and look at content and share content. So are those things that you guys are when you're starting to develop new websites and new technology, are you guys influenced at all by what's happening with those with those trends in social media? And are you guys making it easier for people to share content from their website or, you know, photos and content into their social media accounts? And how does that play a role with you guys? Yeah, I mean, you know, social media is is absolutely vital. You know, one thing that, that kind of blows my mind is, is when we're talking to a prospect and we're looking at their site and, you know, they don't have any social media icons, you know, but they want to maybe get, you know, double down on social media marketing and things like that. So, you know, one thing that, that we really focus on is making sure that opportunities are there and visible to a customer, especially on the website. So, you know, if somebody is putting time and effort into their social media marketing, posting on their social media, you really want to make sure that that client has those links on their website 
so that when a guest comes in, if they want to engage on their Facebook, if they want to see, you know, what others are sharing about that business, about those properties, you know, they can easily, easily be able to find the link to their social media and go there. You know, we were kind of talking about a little bit earlier about, you know, steps in the sales funnel. You know, you add steps and, you know, people, people bounce or people exit. You know, what we also find is that when you put things in front of folks, they will use them. So, you know, if there is no social media icon or something like that, then, you know, that person has to go ahead and open another browser, you know, find your social media, maybe they Google search it. And those things just take time. So, you know, being able to make things much more efficient for a user, whether it comes to, to social media, whether it comes to being able to easily share rentals, like on our sites, you can definitely highlight your favorites. And then we have an email option that you can go ahead and email out those your favorites to, you know, other family members, friends, things like that. So, you know, we really are tying in that, that shareable aspect into our sites, having that functionality there, because again, it's not just a one household group that is going anymore. You know, now we have multiple households. Sometimes, you know, I talked to a friend a few weeks ago and he said, you know, we have about five families going on a trip. So, you know, really having these tools and uh, this functionality to make it simple when you have so many people involved in the booking process, so many people involved in the vacation, it really just simplifies things and really allows for everybody to be on the same page and allows for efficiency to say, here, check out these properties. What do you like? All right, we're all on page for this one. Let's go ahead and book. Yeah, right. That makes a lot of sense. Talk to us a little bit because we've, we've, we've talked quite a bit about getting through the initial booking process. One of the discussions Matt and I have all, and it's almost with every guest, is guest data. And then, you know, what do you do with that guest data in the future? So they've booked, they came through the, the site, you've had a successful booking with them. But then how do you use that data for the future? What, you know, what advice can you give property managers, not even property managers, but people in the hospitality field, what kind of data can you guys gather and then use for retargeting in the future to make them come back to the properties? Because I think that that second engagement is the most effective form of remarketing. Yeah. I mean, once we, you know, once we're able to get contact information, email addresses, things like that, you know, I, my personal belief is that, is that email is, is the most powerful tool for that. You know, email is, is a touch point in, in multiple different areas of the customer journey, you know, all the way up from, you know, email campaigns from a, a property management company, you know, offering discounts, offering properties for a certain month, things like that. And then all the way basically through to the end to, we talked about the booking recovery, helping to close more sales with a email marketing tool that is going to help close those that have abandoned the checkout. And then... You know, really the, the one main focus that we work on with email marketing is getting those repeat bookings. You know, and at Burma the other week, you know, one hot topic that, that we're hearing as well is, you know, OTA data, customer data. You know, are the OTAs passing on the email addresses? Are they passing on phone numbers? Things like that. So, you know, we definitely tell our clients, you know, try and get as much data as you can. And, you know, we definitely want to get that email address so that we can start sending up automated year-long follow-ups to try and spur that repeat booking. So the great thing about email is that you, you can definitely automate it and you can have it working for you throughout the year without having too many touch points, you know, with having to change up designs, things like that with those, with those email campaigns. You know, and the data that we get from, from the website, the data that we get from the marketing channels, you know, all these things we're able to to take a look at, we're able to break it down and really use that, that data in our, in our sales efforts for our property managers. So email is just a fantastic way to, to hit every part of the, the travel planning process, the customer journey, and to really help get repeat bookings from OTA guests that have come to you, as well as you know, guests that have stayed with you, starting to align them for repeat bookings year after year and really using the email email channel as a way to do that. And we find that as well, you know, when I look at priority of marketing, as far as return, you know, that's something that we are really focused on is, is the return for our clients. If you're paying X for this service, here's exactly what you're getting in your pocket from that, from that service and the, and the work that we're doing and the efforts that we're, we're putting in. I really like to look at it and think about it like, you know, a, a financial investor or financial investing, you know, you're putting money in and you're expecting a return to get out. 
And that's the same thing with, with marketing and email, especially, you know, there's a cost for email. We send out emails and we know exactly the revenue that we're bringing in. We know what leads we're driving as well. And so, you know, email is just a fantastic way to reach out to past guests, reach out to new customers that are asking for your newsletters or your monthly email distributions, and really just keeping your brand top of mind and getting folks to come back to you again and again. Brian, 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 I love, see, I love this because I know you're going to disagree here, but this is how I, I, I agree with Chris. I was, I was smiling quietly to myself because I think, I think Alex once said it, you, you, where guests, Alex Husner from uh, Condo World, I think mentioned on the podcast about how there's different you know, uh, mediums of communication, different communication mm -hmm. channels. Not only certain guests like certain communication channels, a lot of that because, you know, is driven by demographics and age and things like that, but also where you are in the process. Certain communication channels are good for others. I think everyone has gotten SMS, SMS and text happy, and I think it's great for operational things. Like you, you know, you mentioned, Brian, when people get in and they check in, they want to text you. And I, I could not agree more, but I still believe that, and I'm going to give you a chance to tell me why I'm wrong, Brian. But I believe <laughs> that I, I believe that transactionally, if you want to pitch me to do something, that is still an email focused, email heavy medium that's where that's done so good brian tell me tell tell chris and i why we're wrong or why we might be wrong i actually don't think yeah, you're, i don't think you're wrong at all oh uh, good okay so okay. so here's Excellent. but but i do think that there's a generational gap that's happening i think that mm -hmm. the younger generation is very used to transacting on mobile and they're getting used to not going into seeing emails. I think they're more comfortable if you send them a text or you send them a chat and you tell them to transact through it, they're much quicker at doing it. And they're less likely to go into their email box. My biggest, and I'm seeing it now testing through our property management. This is one of the things that we're mm -hmm. taking a look at, which is I send an email and they have no clue that they've received it. And it's probably because it's just buried in all of the emails that have backed up over the course of the last year, two years, even 10 days, they're just not clearing it out. So it's falling in between the cracks and it's making right. things very, very difficult. I had one instance, you know, yesterday where actually this is a really good example. The gentleman's coming in from Puerto Rico and I have sent him probably 10 emails from his confirmation email to arrival details, asking him for information so that he can get through the gate and get gate passes. The guy ended up going back to the homeowner and saying, I'm not communicating with him. And it wasn't that I wasn't communicating, all of the communication was going through email and he's not reading emails. So I'm getting a lot of instances of very similar interactions with guests where unless it's coming through SMS and it's immediate, they're just not going through email. So I guess the question would be where and when is it right to use email? And, and the, the answer is probably every time, but I think that there's certain aspects of it that have to be followed up by another method, SMS and chat. And when does it become too much? You know, one thing that you mentioned there, and I think is important is, is kind of the psychology of you know, a younger audience. I think that a younger audience is definitely more used to being marketed to, right? You know, nowadays, you know, you've got kids, uh, you've got young adults on their phone, you've got them on social media, on all email as well. So, you know, there's a lot of inundation of, of information, like you said, when it is the right time to, to switch over to like SMS and chat and things like that, I think it depends on the timeliness, you know, like you guys were saying, hey, if somebody just checked in, it really makes sense to go ahead and, and text them, right? Instead of sending over an email. You know, we all have our phones in our pockets. For me personally, sometimes I don't sync my email. You know, sometimes I might be, you know, away with the family on the weekend or something like that. But I'll tell you what, an SMS for me is always on. It always comes through. So I would say if, you know, if you need to get in touch with the guests, you need to get them in contact with them and it's timely, then yeah, I think SMS is definitely the, the way to go. You know, for long-term 
you know, marketing efforts, you know, like we talked about getting repeat customers back and things like that. I do think that that email is definitely the way to go. And, you know, the other thing, the other part about email marketing is it's not just, you know, what are we doing in these campaigns? What do they look like? What is the, you know, what is the content and the substance in them? But as well, another part of that is list management also, right? So, you know, if a lot of times for our customers, you know, we'll go through their list and, and purge it and clean it out about every six months. You know, if there are people that maybe they've stayed in the past but are not opening our emails, well, we have that data and we're able to see that that, that is not the right way to engage with them. So, you know, we want to be engaged with them and let's figure out another way to do that. And maybe it is trying an SMS text, sending out a message and seeing if they'll respond to that. So, you know, it's understanding users, also understanding what type of communications they prefer, what type of communications they're actually uh, opening and responding to, and then harnessing those. And that's not going to be the same for, for everybody. So, you know, I think when, when you put together the strategy, you know, you really have to focus on having specific strategies for certain customers and also understanding how they interact with your marketing. I think that this is such a big topic. I could talk about this for hours because if you look at everything in components, your website is one component and then you've got your SEO, you've got your email, you've got, and then you've got everything else, right? So you really do need time, patience, money, and good people behind you to be able to help you create a strategy. So, you know, as we start to wrap up, Matt, I think it's important for people to understand that you can't do everything at the same time. You have to do Correct. a bit at a time and just concentrate on those things. And we say this all the time, concentrate on, on things you know you can execute on and then expand. Mm -hmm use the people around you that can help you execute that plan. And it sounds like you guys at Realtech have a really good understanding on the platforms you, you do really well and can help people organize and execute on. So kudos to you guys for the work that you're doing in, in our industry. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah, no question. And, and the one thing I would add to that, I think you're right, Brian. I think Realtech in the work they're doing really is, and this is not to, as often it's it's the hardest, is really the blocking and tackling, right? You've got to have good brand, right? So you've got to have a partner who can help you work through, like, who are we? What do we want to portray? What's that look like? You know, how do we create that feeling that we want people to, to leave with after they leave the website? And then when you get that down, then you start to, I think, tackle these other things that may initially fall through the cracks, but you've got to be comfortable with that falling through the cracks because you can't do those other things until you've got, it, it's like managing homes, but you haven't figured out how to get them clean. Like, like don't worry, like, are they answering SMS or email or, you know, like, whoa, like you're not even, you don't even have a good landing spot for people who who are, are just starting to figure out whether or not they wanna come stay with you. So start there. And I do think, I think that is, it's such a crucial piece because it's it's early on. Chris, as we wrap up, how how do people, what's the best way to reach real tech? And so that there's not any confusion, I mean, where do you guys kind of, I think it would be helpful to explain to people, where do you, where do your services include, what do they include, but what, where do you draw the line? Because obviously you're not trying to do everything. And there's, there's a lot of different platforms and providers and vendors out there who do certain mm -hmm. things, maybe outside of your scope, but give people an idea of, of, of how they can get a hold of you guys and, and what type of problems, you know, website obviously being a big one, but that you guys are solving. Yeah. Um, you guys can find us at realtechvr.com. You know, one thing that we pride ourselves in is the fact that, you know, we work with most of the major software providers in the industry. And, you know, the other thing as well is that we're always open to taking on and working with new software providers as well. So, for example, um, the last couple of months, we've started working with two uh, new providers, uh, Logix and Brightside. We've had some prospects that came to us, wanted us to build their site. You know, they were with these other providers and we say, sure, you know, we'll go ahead and make it work for you. And we'll make sure that uh, that the API connections work, that we talk with these software companies, and it's this you know a, a seamless uh, solution for uh, for our clients. 
You know, as far as the, the marketing goes, you know, we really prefer to, and for the majority of the clients that we work with are our web clients as well. You know, there, there are a lot of software companies out there, you know, pushing marketing. But I would say that, you know, like we discussed in, in this conversation, you know, the website itself is going to be the, you know, usually the first interaction, the first appearance of your brand. And it's also where, you know, the transactions occur. So, you know, we understand how to perform your website. We understand, especially through SEO, content marketing, which are, you know, if you're going to do anything with marketing with us, I say that is the, the top priority, you know, because we understand the website structure. We understand what Google is looking for. And content is just so powerful to be able to grow sites, grow their, grow their traffic volume, but to qualified users. You know, it's one thing to grow traffic volume and not get any increase in conversion rate and bookings. At that point, you're just driving traffic. So we are really focused on driving qualified traffic through organic sources. And we find that that is the number one place to start with with the website because there's so much opportunity to tap into that, you know, we expect in the first year of working with us with some of our clients to really be able to grow the revenue from Google Organic by 30 to 50% over the previous year. And we have a lot of clients that when you look at the longevity of the potential of the reach of your website and growing that reach through SEO and content marketing, I have certain clients that we've been working with for eight or nine years and 2020 and 2021, you know, it kind of blew my mind that we were still able to get, you know, 50 to 80% revenue growth over the previous years, you know, cause you think there's, there's a point where, Hey, is this going to, are we going to continue moving forward? You know, it's a competitive landscape out there. It's competitive. A lot of these markets are highly competitive these days. A lot of people are getting into this industry. So it definitely makes sense to get with a web provider and especially us in the marketing department, folks that know how to push your website forward, to grow it and to get those returns. We definitely focus on SEO and content. Like I, I mentioned, we do paid search as well. I would say we have some of the best returns in the industry for paid search. And I'll tell you what, we right after COVID, when things started to open up, you know, we were a company that said, let's go ahead and let's get back into paid search. And, you know, being forward thinking and understanding timing is very important in this industry. For example, right after, you know, the COVID shutdowns, when things were opening back up, you know, we told our clients, let's look at paid search. Let's look at getting your guys' ads back up. And we found that because the OTAs were not in that space at that time, we saw CPC costs decreased about 80 to 90% over the previous year. I mean, we were getting absolute just bonkers results for our clients at that time. We're starting to see, you know, with the industry pushing forward and the boom in the industry, you know, some of those CPC costs creep back up. But, you know, having a good marketing team is all about timing, understanding, you know, what are the right tools and when to use them. And some of the other things that we also focus on would be email marketing, email campaigns, email distributions, as well as booking recovery, like we talked about. Those are, are fabulous ways to get more uh, guests to your site, to close more bookings, and like we talked about, a fabulous return. And then we also specialize in social media with a priority on Facebook marketing. Well, very good. And some, some impressive numbers. And I know, you know, we've, we've obviously got some mutual clients. I know Brian and I are both close with your founder. And, and I will tell you that even in a, in a small industry, sometimes, you know, you, 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 if you're in it long enough, you'll rub somebody the wrong way. But it, if for any of our listeners, if you've ever gotten a chance to meet Ray, I, I've never run into anyone who has, has a bad thing to say about him. He's a, he's a man of his word. And yeah, he, he's he does what he says guy. he's going to do. What's that, Brian? He's an outstanding guy. He is. He yeah. really I'll is. tell you, this is what I tell folks all the time. I've been working for Ray for almost a decade now. This is, I'm going on my ninth year at, at Real Tech. And I tell everybody that I would never work for another human being in my life except for Ray Miller. <laughs> he absolutely is, uh, is a top-notch guy. And, you know, we talk a lot about results, but what's really important to Ray and what is really important to this company is our clients, is our relationships. You know, you can't really market well if you don't care about your clients and if you don't know their business. So, you know, that's a, a really important focus for us is, you know, understanding our clients' needs, understanding how they operate, you know, understanding, you know, their books, their occupancy, pacing, things like that. The other thing that we also try to be is not just marketers and not just a, a web development company, 
you know, we spend a lot of time researching, reading, you know, talking internally about industry trends, what is going on in the industry. So, you know, when we're having regular conversations with our clients, we want to make sure that we're bringing new things to the table. And it's not just reviewing results or it's not just reviewing this email campaign, but it's also looking at, hey, you know, what OTAs do provide opportunities or, you know, what is some technology in the industry? I was looking, you guys had uh, Arthur Coker from StayFi on there a few weeks ago. And, you know, things like that. How can I use this technology, you know, to improve my email marketing efforts, to improve growing my contact list? So this is type of knowledge that we really work on so that, you know, our, our relationships are extremely valuable to our clients. And by having these types of relationships, really caring about your customers, getting to know them, it really allows us to be the best marketers that we, we can be. And also, you know, our clients stay with us. And I think that's really, really something important is that, you know, we don't want to churn clients. We have a lot of clients that have been with us for, for a number of years. So, you know, that's something that Ray has instilled in the entire company. And it's something that uh, we definitely focus on the development, support, and marketing side uh, departments of the company as well. Yeah, yeah. Wow, it's good stuff. Well, thank you very much, Chris. We appreciate you joining us and you know, look forward to you know having you on again in the future and continuing to talk about the evolution here of, of you know on the marketing side and and of this industry as a whole as it, it just continues to grow. We appreciate your time. Yes, gentlemen, it was very enjoyable and I appreciate you guys asking me to come on. Yeah, thanks again. That's it for this week's episode of GuestX. Be sure to sign up for our email list at guestxpodcast.com. That's guest, the letter X, podcast.com. And follow us in your favorite podcast app so that you don't miss our next episodes. We are Brian Hamali and Matthew Loney signing off and reminding you to always create a guest experience worth talking about. See you soon.